Welcome to The Space in Between, episode 159. I am your host, Phoebe Leona, and yet again, I get to claim that I got to sit with one of my favorite people. This time, it was with Ayurvedic practitioner Karen Chowman. She is one of my very dearest friends. She was also a retreat participant back in Bali in March 2020, right before everything shut down in the world. And now I get to claim that she will be my co-facilitator in Bali in April 2024. And I have a feeling if you listen to this, you hear Karen's story about how she found her way and her space in between and landed in, in Beacon, New York, in the Hudson Valley, where I was living at the time. Uh, Her journey of studying Ayurveda and how she's using that to help other people heal. And we go to so many other beautiful places, but I have a feeling if you're listening and you resonate with her, you're going to want to join us in Bali. And right now, if you're listening to this in December 2023, we do have a special that is happening for our retreat, Your Love Awaits Retreat. So you can follow the link in the show notes and go ahead and see what's there for you. Um, But yeah, and if you listen to this and you really resonate with it, please subscribe, please leave a review for us. This really helps us expand our reach and to help spread the good word. And if you also listen and you're thinking, oh, wow, this could be really beneficial for a friend of mine who's looking to change her life or needs a new, he needs a new healing modality, this might be the episode that you can share with them. So Without any more introduction, let's go ahead and sit with Karen Chalman. Okay. Oh my goodness. This is a long, long time coming. Hi, Karen. <laughs> Welcome to the space in Hi. between. Oh my gosh. Hello. Thank you for having me. How many years has it been that I said I need to have you on as a podcast guest? I think it was like 2019, 2020. So three, four years. Yeah, at least. I feel like it was a little bit before that, but yes. And so we're finally having you on and it's your first official podcast interview. It is. It is my first (laughs) official podcast interview. And I'm so honored. So yes, I'm going to try to refrain from just talking to you like you're my friend because you're one of my best friends. (laughs) I think that's going to be hard for us, but we'll, we'll, we'll We'll do what we can. Exactly. So, but so for people who are just getting to know you and soon to be your new best friend as well, um, can you share a little bit about who you are and where you are in the world and what you're offering? Sure. So um, I am located in Beacon, New York, just to start things off, because that's where I met you here yes. in Beacon. Oh, we're going to get into that. One of, yeah. And one of my favorite places in the world. And um I am currently um, opening or starting my practice, um, pro- giving providing Ayurveda. And so this is something that I've been studying and working toward for a, a while. And I've had some shifts in my life lately. And it has provided with the provided me with the perfect opportunity to really kind of officially launch into this direction. So I'm very excited about it. I'm... And you're probably wondering what is Ayurveda? Well, not you, Phoebe, you know. Yes. Well, I got so many chills just listening to you already because I know that there's so many stories in that because I do know the backstory. But yes, Karen, what is Ayurveda? (laughs) (laughs) Sounds so silly. But um, Ayurveda is the 5,000-year-old medicinal system of India. So it's one of the longest um, practiced systems of medicine in the world. And it's something that helps us to restore balance. So it's not about covering anything up, but restoring balance within ourselves through our diet and our lifestyle and also through herbs. Mm, Yeah. And we're going to dance around and learn more about that through your story. And yes, like you said, I met you in Beacon, New York, and there's a whole backstory. This is why when I first met you, I remember we were sitting in what was uh, Ella's Bella's and you shared this story with me and my mouth just like my jaw dropped open. I was like, I have to have you share this story on my podcast. And I've heard you probably share it 
a dozen other times with other people. And so I know I'm really building it up for people who are listening and they're like on the edge of the seat, but can you share with me, how did you end up in Beacon, New York? What was going on in your life? Of course I could share this with you, even though of course, you know, the story, but, um, you know, it's, it's interesting because I have told it several times because people always want to know, you know, how did you come to live here? Or, you know, we all want to know each other's story when we, when we're getting to know someone. And, um, I'm originally from the Chicago area and went away to college in Kansas City, Missouri. So in the middle of the U.S., um, there's a fantastic art school there that I went to. And I studied um, textiles, but then I actually went into a career in design. And so that career started there. You know, I had a group of people that I was familiar with and, you know, colleagues and community and all these different things. And... I um I I got to my 40th birthday and everything had shifted in my life and all of a sudden you know all of the communities that I had been involved with I wasn't really anymore and um I I had to make a decision do I stay here and and kind of recreate a community for myself or do I try something new mm-hmm. and so at that time remote work was just kind of starting to happen. It sounds like I was in the dark ages or something, but you know, it wasn't as big as it is now because of the pandemic. This was more like um, 2014. And I just, I got this idea, like, well, what if I just sold all my stuff? I don't, I don't need to have a house. What if I got rid of everything except for the, you know, the minimal requirements. And I just moved to different cities that I've always liked and, actually try them on for a year. And so that's, that's what I did. I was able to become a remote employee at work, which I'm so grateful for that opportunity and experience. And um, I sold everything except what would fit in the smallest size Penske truck, moving truck. And I headed out to my first stop, which was Boulder, Colorado. And I love Boulder. I lived there for about a year. Um, you know, I loved how sunny it was in the wintertime and just is so beautiful. And I love hiking. So it had all of these things, but I had a really hard time connecting and building community. And that was one of the biggest things that I was looking for. And so I decided it was time to move on. And I went to the next stop on my list, which was Northern California. And at the time things were uncertain with my job. So I moved more into the South Bay thinking I might want to find a new job when I was living there. Mm -hmm. But um, I ended up not switching things kind of solidified more with my um, with my employment. But um, it was a similar kind of experience where I, I would meet people and then they would kind of like get a new job or, you know, things would come up in their lives. And it, it made it really hard to kind of connect and really build deep friendships. And I was there for um, two years, about two years. And I knew it was probably time to move on to the next place. Although I always, I, I, I kind of had this, I don't know, this fantasy that I would live in California. Like I've always really loved it and I love visiting there, but I just wasn't finding what I was looking for. So I um, decided to go up to Seattle, which was also on my list, and visit with a really good friend there. And um, so she invited me to stay. I stayed for, I ended up staying for two weeks. I was going to stay for one, but, Mm -hmm. um, you know, she was very encouraging of me moving there also and, you know, would kind of check out apartments with me and things like that. And I found this place that was really cool. But in the back of my mind, I was thinking, I don't know. I just feel like the same thing is going to happen here. Like, I feel like somehow I'm going to move here. And, and again, this idea of community is going to be elusive. Mm. And then I remembered this advice that I received before I started this whole process. And I spoke with someone who is kind of an intuitive, um, She's more of a a distance healer, but also really has a lot of that kind of intuitive ability. And, and I, I went to her because I just wanted to make sure I wasn't destroying my life. Like, is this a really bad choice? That was my biggest question because, you know, whenever we make a huge change, 
there there is that voice in the back of our head that's like are you sure you want to do that and so I just felt like I needed someone else who knew me to kind of take a clear look with me and you know she was she said you know Karen this is going to be the best thing you've ever done for yourself and you need to just do it and but her piece of advice was have you ever considered consulting an astrocartographer and I had the same look on my face that people who might be watching or listening may have on their face. What is that? And so I kind of just tucked it into the back of my mind and didn't think about it until I was there in Seattle and contemplating this next move. And I decided that I needed to find one of these astrocartographers, which is basically an astrologer who can look at your birth chart and tell you whether a place might be good for you or whether it could be challenging. And so it's this idea where, you know, it's like a relocated astrological chart and you can kind of have different sort of luck in different places in a way, which I never really thought about so much. And so I found someone through searching online, which is why I ended up staying for two weeks in, um, in Seattle. And this person was I could tell right away was was a character like his website you know I'm a designer so his website was kind of frightening to me but at the <laughs> same time I hope he doesn't see this hear this no but at the same time it was to also, give a shout out. oh I'll give a shout out um but when I started reading it I, it was very clear that he knew what he was doing and I felt very drawn to contact him which I did and his voicemail message said something like, you know, leave a message and I'll get back to you in a day or a week. And I'm thinking, wait a minute, I need answers. <laughs> but I decided I had to be patient. So, um, you know, I, I think a day or two passed and I had found this really great apartment and I was like, well, maybe, maybe I should just apply for it. Who knows what'll happen? Who knows if I'll ever hear from this person? So I put in, I, I open up a browser window to go and apply for this apartment. It was really cool. It was like 60s mod, recently renovated. And as I'm typing in their URL, he called me back. And so it was like, okay, there's something a little magical about that. Yeah. And he, um, you know, he wanted to know my, all my birth details, where I currently was, where I was currently living, you know, a lot of these, you know, the things that you need to be able to run an astrological chart. And so I gave him all that information and, and he said, well, whether you work with me or not, I'm just going to tell you, you need to get off the West coast. And then he, <laughs> he said, don't move to Seattle, but furthermore, do not stay in California. And I was thinking, okay, um, interesting. But then he went on to describe to me what my experience was living there and the challenges that I was having with creating community. And the reason that that was happening was in my astrological chart. You know, and I even remember asking him like, well, you know, a lot of people have these challenges in, in this part of the world because life is so transient, you know, people are coming, they're going, I, I mean, I was kind of writing it up to that. And he was like, it doesn't matter. He was like, you could go find a small town up in wine country and the same things are going to happen to you. Mm -hmm. It's, this is in your chart for this place for this time. Mm -hmm. And he had said that if I had moved there when I first wanted to like 20 years prior, it would have been an amazing place. And mm -hmm. so that's what that initial impulse was about. But since I didn't go at that time, it never could manifest as a good place for me, which is a really interesting learning, you know, about trusting our instincts and learn listening to ourselves. And so um, anyway, I decided, all right, if this guy can tell me about my past, I'm going to trust him to tell me about my future. And, and, you know, and he told me some details that he couldn't have known. I don't post a lot of things on social media. Well, I'm starting to now, but, you know, back then I didn't at all. And um, so I signed up. So his whole process was that he would then in, 
set up a time to interview me and find out what I'm looking for in a place. And then um, he would go back and do his research and come back and give me the one place that suits me, which is a little like, wait, there's only one place. I don't get choices, you know, but (laughs) at the same time, I kind of liked it because I had gone through this process of moving around so much um, that having this really direct guidance sounded really appealing to me at that point. And so that's what we did. And I gave him all my requirements. And, you know, the top one was community. Um, You know, that that's just really important to me, finding like-minded people and, you know, deep friendships. Then also a relationship. I was really looking for that. Um, I wanted to be near the water. Didn't have to be the ocean, but it couldn't be like a pond or a stream. It had to be significant water. And, you know, I love being outdoors and out in nature. And I really wanted to reconnect with my creative self and possibly pursue studies in Ayurveda. Mm. Um, So, so, you know, there were things in there around career, there were things around personal and, and, oh, and the last one, which was really important to me also, it had to be within the continental U.S. because I have a dog who um, has special needs. So I didn't want to have to deal with that kind of moving him across borders, I guess it would just be too challenging. So we went our separate ways. I heard from him in about two weeks and, it, you know, we had this call he went on and on and on about, first of all, why I had to leave California once again. Like, you know, he needed to make sure I got that. Probably 20 minutes we talked about all of the astrological reasons why I needed to get out. And and then he started telling me about this place that he said, you know, most people I find like 75, maybe 80% of their criteria, sometimes only 50%. And he said, for me, it fit all of my criteria. Wow. And all of the reasons why, and to tell you the truth, I can't remember everything and the recording didn't happen for some reason. And so it had to do with Neptune and it had to do with Mercury and all of these things that were kind of long-term progressions. See, I don't know enough. I know enough astrology to be dangerous, but, um, you know, he probably talked for like 45 minutes and still booked some more time to kind of like give me some more insights on this. And but he didn't tell me where. So I had to just really listen to what the qualities were of the place and what would, what I would find there um, without knowing the actual location. And then of course he did tell me about a a half hour into the description and it was the Hudson Valley in New York, which Mm -hmm. was never on my radar, to be honest, never even heard of it. Um, I knew about New York city. I knew there was an upstate New York. That's, that's all I knew. So, okay. um, sorry, can I just ask a quick question? Oh, yes, I'm, I'm just, just going. No, keep going. But I'm just thinking, okay, here you are, you're about to sign a lease. Then you get this message from him and you're like, oh, okay. And then you, you had to wait two more weeks to get the results. So like, what were you doing? So you just decided, okay, let me let go of this apartment and just hang out with my friend in Seattle. Or like, what were you doing in those two weeks? And you're just like, oh yeah, I'm waiting for this astro cartographer to respond. <laughs> like, what did well, that look I went- like? I went back to Northern California in that time because I knew, you know, he was like, don't sign a lease on this apartment. He he was at least, you know, settled on that. Like, do not (laughs) sign up to move to Seattle. Just, you know, so and I had two months. I had about two months, I think, until my lease in California was up. So I had a little bit of time, but it was getting to that point where, you know, it's like I need to figure out what I'm doing. And, and I think I talked to the apartment um, manager also and asked if, you know, what the possibility was of like month, uh, month to month was. So I was like gathering information to figure out yeah, like how to, how to make it come together. Cause I didn't know when I would know. Yeah. Answer. Yeah. yeah. I'll call you back in a day or a week or. <laughs> and then we'll talk in two weeks or maybe three. I don't know. Yeah. Very loosey goosey. Um, but I was excited about the potential of, you know, having some it's like different, and, and we've talked about this, like different kind of data. Like yeah. I was making decisions based on what I thought I wanted, 
yeah. you know, but then it wasn't turning out the way that I had hoped. And so, you know, the my thought was, what if I get this other type of information to be able to overlay on what I'm looking for to be able to make a more educated decision? Yeah. And some people would call that educated. Some would call it something else. But um, for me, it totally makes sense. So, makes sense. Yeah. So, okay, where was I? So, yes, he's Valley. Me, yeah, he said Hudson, Hudson Valley. Valley. Like, what is this place? What is this place? So I'm in, immediately Googling, trying to figure it out while I'm still talking to him. And um, and he said, but, you know, the first thing you have to do is research it. And he told me, he gave me an area. He said I could go as far north as Saratoga Springs, for those mm-hmm. familiar with the Hudson Valley. And as far south as if I wanted to be in the New York um, metro area, I could go as far south as Manhattan or the very northern area of Brooklyn. But I really didn't want to be in the city at that point. Like I really wanted to be city accessible, but not living in the city. Because I like being able to do cultural things, cultural events, but I love nature. Yeah. So I started looking and in my research, Beacon kept popping up. You know, they have this amazing art museum here and there's a lot of galleries. It's a very artistic place. Um, It's about an hour and a half north of New York with a direct train line. And it's in the mountains. It's on the Hudson River. It, it, It just it just looks so picturesque and everything that I was looking up about it. So, and then he said, the second thing you have to do, and this is going back to that initial conversation with him or not initial, but you know, the one where he's giving me my findings. And he said, you know, we need to plan a date for you to visit and it'll be astrologically sanctioned. Meaning it's kind of like when we're born, like those imprints of that moment uh, stay with us. It's the same thing when we visit a place for the first time, which I never really thought about. But the first time we visit someplace, we have an impression that we take on with that. And it kind of, it either shines a light on or it clouds our entire experience of that place moving forward. And so he wanted to make sure that I had a very positive first experience. And I had to go to Lexington, Kentucky for work for, um, for a few days in, I think it was in September of 2016, August, I think it was August of 2016. Okay. I know and um, it was August, right? Okay. Yeah. No, September, but it's cool. I it was September. Give, okay. I don't want to give it away. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, so I'm like, what was it? Yeah. Oh, I was in Seattle in August. So this was September. So I had to go for training and I was going to be there from Monday to Wednesday. And I asked him since I was already going to be this far East you know, can I just go there on Wednesday after I finish this training and, um, you know, make the trip then? And he said, no, but can you stay until Friday and arrive in New York after 7 p.m.? And so <laughs> I thought, I mean, probably there was an office there and I, you know, I, I said, most likely they'll let me work out of that office and I can get a flight from there. So, um, and that's what I did. And he said to me, that's really great if you can, because if you can arrive on that Friday after 7 PM, I guarantee, and I'll never forget these words. I guarantee that you will have a serendipitous and borderline magical experience. And I was like, okay, those are some big, those are some big words. Um, But I will say, you know, spoiler alert, it was serendipitous and borderline magical. It, um, I, I took the flight in, I got in kind of, it was late because it was after seven, you know, and so it was dark. I, I got a car, I went up and stayed in Terrytown for a night. There were several areas that I'd kind of identified all along the, um, all along the Hudson. And so I, um, I stayed there. I explored sleepy hollow. Cause there's like, you know, such a kind of spooky romantic quality about that to me. Mm-hmm. And then the next day went up to beacon where I had uh Airbnb booked for a few nights. And I just kind of instantly felt at home in a, in an interesting way. And I really connected with 
my Airbnb host, even like we had similarities in our past. Like she was even from Kansas city where I lived originally, like, <laughs> and, and all of these other things that we we just really connected on and, and had tea together. And we're, we're still friends today. And I also went by this artist loft that I had identified as a place to potentially live. And while I was walking around, cause it was a Sunday and they weren't open and, but I just kind of wanted to see the space and we just immediately connected and she was like, well, you know, I know they're closed today, but you want to come see our loft? And she brought me up to her loft, introduced me to her husband and her dog. And we're now really close friends and we actually do holidays together. Like we're, and with, with another couple. So, you know, just all of these things started happening to where it, it was like becoming a home in a weekend, you know, and like creating these connections that I was having trouble creating over years in other places. And so, um, by the last day I was already sold, you know, I had kind of gone to all these other places all along the Hudson and I just kept coming back to beacon. Mm -hmm. And so on that last day, I signed a lease on one of those artist lofts. And then on that last night, before I had to leave, I went down to Long Dock Park, which is this park that is right on the Hudson River. And it's just so picturesque down there. And I, I was so confused because all these people were walking around with yoga mats and it was so busy and full. Like there was almost nowhere to park. <laughs> yes. Find a spot to kind of like wedge myself in. And so then I just followed the people and walked down toward the water and there was this amazing meditation event happening and believe it or not it was with yours truly there we are there we are and and talk about magical I mean it was the golden hour and the sun was hitting the um it's Sugarloaf Mountain right there, right? That was right behind you. I think mm, that's yeah. what that's called. I always forget. I anyway, agree. it was, everything was golden. These two heron go flying across the backdrop. like the And then the sky starts getting more and more brilliant pink and orange and blue. And as the evening went on, it just became more and more beautiful. Like, like every time I thought it can't get more beautiful, it did get more beautiful. And then um, after the meditation event, which I just kind of like sat down on a bench because, you know, I didn't know what was happening and joined in. And afterwards, I, I walked up to the person who was sitting kind of right in front of me and <laughs> just said, what is this? Does this happen all the time here? <laughs> and, and she said, no, it's a it's a paid event. You didn't. You didn't sign up. And I was like, oh, I had no idea. So anyway, that was the kind of funny part about it. But um, and we didn't meet that night, you and I. Well, although I think you think we did. did I, I, I have a know. memory of meeting you and Oliver, but your dog, but I I must have thought that was that night, but it was another night. Yeah. But it was another night, yeah, because he was in California that night. Yeah. But I, um, I just saw all the spirit of Oliver next to you. <laughs> as he always is. Yes. He always is. <laughs> and, um, but that person that I went up to is another one of my dearest friends. Shout and out to Paula. Shout out to Paula. And, and also a friend of yours. And so it would just kind of created this whole other connection. And, and she and I really connected immediately because we're both designers also, and, you know, really love yoga and nature and all these things. And so we exchanged numbers and, you know, it's just amazing to go back to California, knowing that I already had this like community here that was starting to form in just a few days. Yeah. Like, I, I mean, I was pr pretty blown away and. So then, of course, um, my astrocartographer, Julian Lee, shout out to Julian Lee Julian also. Julian Lee, astrocartographer. JulianLee.com. 
<laughs> and so I'm like, all right, well, maybe he knows what he's doing. And I um I went back, packed everything up into U U-Haul pack boxes and you know, except for the few things that I needed in the car and Oliver and my house plants and um, drove across country. And then he also gave me arrival dates for moving. So um, I actually ended up taking about two weeks to make the cross country trek and stopped and visited people along the way, um, which was really nice uh, so that I could meet the moving date um, requirement. <laughs> because I wasn't going to put, I, you know, at this point, I didn't want to jinx anything, you right. know, to make sure. But um, it's been, I, I have never looked back. I am absolutely thrilled being here. I loved my artist loft that I was in for two years. We had such an amazing community there. And then I've, I've now fully settled in. I've bought a house here in Beacon. So this is my home. Ah. Thank goodness for Julian Lee, astrocartographer. Seriously. That's right. Thank and goodness. I just want to like kind of reflect on your story, even though I have heard it so many times. I heard some other gems that came out of it. But, you know, for people who are listening, you know, when you're in that space of it's time for a change and what you were kind of speaking into is there was this intuition 20 years prior to maybe California. And then you went there and it wasn't fulfilling that dream. And to sometimes I think people can feel, and I've been there too, where it feels you're disenchanted by that dream. Right. And then it's like, we could potentially stop dreaming or we're thinking, okay, this is it. I'm going to just settle for this. But you, there was something in you that, that little memory of, of an astrocartographer was like given to you again. It sounded like about three years later after you first heard about this idea and something told you, okay, let's contact this. There's like another chance to, to see what's out there for you. And the other thing that I just love hearing in this story is this, you were so clear on what you wanted, right? You weren't stuck on the place. Like you had this vision of California and it wasn't like you were trying to put all of the expectations in the box of California, because you had that dream, but you were staying open to know, I really want community. I want to be by the, by water in some way, shape or form. I want to be in nature. And that I think is why it was really clear when he was able to look at your, your birth chart and say, okay, this is your home. This is your place. Cause you were very clear with that. And just for people to think about like, Ooh, do I want the astrocartographer to be really clear on not just where you think you should be, but, but what is it? What is it that, that maybe that place could represent for you, right? Maybe you had that vision of California and you had this dream of, Oh, everybody will be like, um, like Melrose place. <laughs> maybe not so dramatic, but you know, like that vision that, I mean, I had that, at, you know, when I was younger, like, Oh, they're all like living in the same development and everything. Right. So, yeah, but that was the essence of it was this idea of community, water and nature. And yeah. 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 It's and very man, true. Yeah. And I love that I was part of your story and I got, to, I didn't get to meet you that day, but I think I met you very shortly after you moved because then you came back to another event um, that was the closing of this series. So what we were doing was that was a closing meditation series that ended our summer. It was the autumn equinox. That's why I knew it was September. Um, oh, okay. Yeah. So we did the summer solstice with, with 108 sun salutations and we did everything during the week. I mean, everything weekly. And then we closed with the meditation at the end. So, but I was just so honored that we were one of the reasons nomad was one of the reasons why you chose beacon. That's right. It was like the icing on the cake. Yeah. Cause I had already, I'd already signed the lease and then yeah. and so I was already sold, but then I'm like, now yeah. this too, like, yeah. oh yeah. yeah, like definitely the right thing. Definitely. Those, those events were magical. And that one in particular, I remember the herons, everybody stopped me cause I was doing my, my Dharma talk and people were like, Phoebe, Phoebe, the herons. Like they stopped me from talking. I had to turn around and there were, I don't remember, but there were birds like flying over our head and the sunset. It was just, it was 
full on magic. And the kittens, there was something with kittens. Oh yeah, I was holding kittens in my meditation. Somebody gave me a, like a newborn kitten. I was holding it while I was and, meditating. And the you. softness of the paws and the, I, I uh, oh yeah. It was so beautiful. Yeah. I miss those events. Um, yeah. Oh, oh, I get, I get chills every time I hear that story and I hope people out there are enjoying it too, because, you know, I also, use, I won't go into my whole story of Julian Lee, but I also used Julian Lee astro cartographer. And you told me that I didn't have anywhere to be. <laughs> the first time I talked to him, he's like, well, I don't have anything for you. And it just turned out the United States. Um, and I've yet to like go to the physical location that he said because of the pandemic, but I think I'll get there. But I, I also think that I've been seeing the elements of what I was calling in have been coming up into my world. Like I won't go too deep, but he said that I was going to be in Italy and I was going to meet a guy from Nebraska. That's super random, right? Okay, that's so specific. That's very he specific. He told me I wouldn't find, he wouldn't find, he told me I, I wouldn't find my partner for a while after moving here, but that I would. That I would be in Italy and I would find all these beautiful like little nooks to like make out in and have kisses and romantic rendezvous with this man from Nebraska. And I'm like, oh no, I would never date a man from Nebraska. And Why now, does it have to be Nebraska? Because the <laughs> my person has just walked into my world and he is from Nebraska. So he couldn't wait for me to get to Italy. He's probably like... <laughs> it's like okay fine I'll just end up in New York somewhere so funny uh, anyways that's another story from another podcast but that is because I have follow-up questions on that but I'll wait on them but oh, yeah I didn't tell you that part okay we're starting to go <laughs> yeah. into girlfriend talk but so that's right um yeah so you ended up here you found a home you created this beautiful community I get to be a part of that and it sounds like you started to dive in. I mean, I know, but it sounded like you started to really dive into this, this inkling. Also, another inkling that you had was this practice of Ayurveda that I guess you, you had, you had an experience with Ayurveda prior to being here. So what was that? What was that about? Yeah. You know, I've always been really drawn toward natural methods of healing. And there were times in my life when I had thought about pursuing, you know, more education on that. But, I, you know, I had a design career and was happy doing that. But even before all of that, right out of college, I worked at an herbal apothecary, which was an amazing thing. It was during this transitional time when I was trying to figure out what I wanted to do. And that opportunity, it you know, it was just like retail, basically. But I had to start to learn and understand all of the properties of these herbs in order to help people when they would come in to shop. And that is knowledge that has served me throughout my whole life. And I will forever feel very grateful for that. And um, and then that ended when I decided to head over to India and stay there for six months. Um, I really wanted to study more of the, at that point, it was more spirituality and meditation that led me to India. Um, but, you know, I feel like I just have this ongoing love for that country and it always continues to call me back. I've been like five or six times now. Um, that was the longest stay for six months. It's been about two weeks other times, except for this last time, mm. which was for an entire month, the last month of the pandemic or the last month before the pandemic, I should say. Um, but in, um, after I moved here to Beacon, I really did feel drawn to start studying Ayurveda. And that was because when I was in California, I saw an Ayurvedic doctor and I had been having a lot of digestive issues and it was turning into all kinds of other problems. I mean, all of my skin was itchy. My eyes felt like there were bugs crawling on them, like things that sound so strange, but, um, it was just, it, 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 it was, I couldn't explain it, but I just told this person everything and, and doctors thought I was a little bit crazy and, you know, like you're making stuff up or whatever. And I, I wasn't, and he was just such a kind man. He listened to all of my, um, 
issues. He asked me a lot of questions that were very detailed about different qualities of things that I was ingesting or doing. And he gave me some very simple things to do and some, what I thought at the time were kind of strange things to do. But at the same time, I was like, I'll do anything. Like like if he tells, he could tell me to do anything right now, I will do anything to get better. Mm -hmm. And I did everything that he told me to do. And, and I got, I started to get better. Mm -hmm. And so I'm kind of, I'm the kind of person that I can't, it's not enough for me to just know that I got better. I want to know why I got better. Yeah. And so after moving here to Beacon, I was talking another shout out to Paula. I was talking to Paula and telling, cause I, there was an Ayurveda school in California that I'd been looking at and she um, brought up Kripalu, which is here in the Berkshires and um, Western mass. And so I looked into that and ended up enrolling and starting on, you know, first it was just foundations of Ayurveda. Okay. And then I'm like, no, I think I, I need to do this Ayurveda health counselor thing. And then the next thing, you know, I've finished that. And then I've gone on to study with a Ayurvedic doctor in Boston for, um, to become an Ayurvedic practitioner, which is the next level up and where it's a, um, where we learn how to work with disease, where an Ayurvedic health counselor is helping someone with, um, to maintain the health of the healthy, which is really important because we can be doing small things that over a long term can start to build up and create a disease. But if we can catch it earlier and um, kind of walk that back, it's going to prevent, prevent future problems. So, yeah. 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 I mean, I, I obviously don't have the the knowledge that you do, but we teach a little bit of it in our yoga teacher training, just so people have an understanding of what it is and to, you know, there's a breadcrumb, go follow it if you want to, but it really is more of a, it sounds like more of a proactive, it's taking care of the whole body versus Western medicine, where it's like, here's a symptom, let's put a bandaid on it or put a pill in it and be done. Like it really is looking at what's happening. These are symptoms that could lead to something bigger and let's take care of it now, which yeah, has been so powerful for me knowing you because you actually helped me tremendously when I was going through some health issues a few years ago when I was supposed to have surgery and then it was the pandemic and I couldn't, and you made me do some awful things, but I'm grateful. Not a, not really weird things, but some awful things. It was like, really? Okay. How so. to do that? Well, yeah. <laughs> but man, you, you, I mean, it healed me. I did, you know, I came a long way through that experience. So I'm really grateful for you. And I know that you're helping a lot of people already, even though you're just formally stepping into this, you've been helping people along your path as a student, but you're stepping into it more formally as an actual business owner. And I see it, you know, I hear you, I hear other people who said, oh my gosh, Karen helped me so much. And, and I'm seeing you just be so passionate about it. Um, I mean, I don't think that you can get through a conversation with you and not hear about something beautiful. And I'm not saying that in like, a, oh, here she goes again. Like you are just so like you light up and you want to help people. Like that's where it's coming from. Like you want to really give them those tools to empower them. So it, I just, so I'm so honored that I get to get it like firsthand. <laughs> of course. <laughs> yeah. And, and I, I'm also kind of honored to be a part of that journey too, because like you were saying, um, you were in India for a month and then yes. you continued to Bali with me right before the pandemic. Yes. And uh, yeah, do you want to share? So, yeah, it was so amazing. Cause I had, you know, for years wanted to go to India to have um, something called Panchakarma done, which yeah. is this very intensive kind of deep cleanse of, of inner body tissues. And mm-hmm. it's, you know, it, it's very rigorous and it's very exhausting. And, you know, it, you have to let the body really rest in that process so that it can really release things that are kind of caught up in the, in the tissues. Mm. And so I had, um, a sabbatical from work at the time and decided to use that to go to India to have that done. And then somehow magically, once again, 
your um your retreat in Bali lined up right out it was start it started the day after my panchakarma ended and i was supposed to take like 2 weeks to just kind of be really relaxed after having that treatment mm-hmm. and so i was like well what better way to rest and relax than in bali with phoebe so <laughs> That's me. So I just I put fairy dust on all of your magical <laughs> events and just make it a little more magical. That's right. So I decided to go and and sign up for that as well. So I went to Bali, joined up with Phoebe. And, you know, it was that was an amazing experience because, you know, Bali was this kind of spiritual turning point for me. Like I had kind of in in India, I felt like I was really kind of working on the purification of my body, which I was, and that, and also affects the mind, but I had kind of gotten a little bit away from some of my spiritual practice and things like that. And I really wanted to reconnect with that in mm-hmm. Bali. And it, it really did happen. Like I had a really beautiful and profound experience there. Mm. Yeah. I remember the first time, cause I don't know, had you had movement one, had we done movement 109 together? Had you had that experience or was it with the combination of the breath work that we did? I remember that first session, you had a very powerful experience and yeah, I, yeah, yeah, the, the, I don't think I had done movement 109 or breath work with you. I think I had done yoga with you only. So, um, but yeah, and we, we did the movement 109 one of the earlier one, one of the earlier days. And I really like responded to it and resonated with it. And, but at the same time, I had to keep my movements very mellow because I wasn't supposed to move a lot, which also made me become more inner, even with that practice. So, you know, another time I may have been more like outwardly attuned, even in, in movement, but, um, you know, I had to kind of withdraw a bit and then when we did the breath work practice together, I had a really, you know, a very profound and very deep experience um, with that, that kind of purified a lot of my, um, um, a, a lot of the things that were kind of keeping me from going deep with my personal practice, which, you know, I've been a, a meditator um, for 30 years. So, you know, it, but, but for a few years, I kind of got away from it a little bit. And there were some things that I needed to kind of clean up on the inside and that being in a different environment, being in a very spiritually attuned environment, like Bali, it really helped me to um, open myself up to let that all be kind of purified. And it really, it really did. So think my life really did shift after that. Yeah. That, that Bali is such a magical place. And I, I'd, I'd love to take credit for it, but I think it was the backdrop. <laughs> I, I mean, I know everything. it was everything. It was everything, but that, that energy field of Bali is really special and, um, things always happen very dramatically when, whenever I'm there, it'll be the, it'll be the third time and you're going to get to come. We'll talk about that in a second, but I swear every time I lead a retreat, there's something like shifts for me personally, for our group. And we definitely, I mean, I think all of the retreats that we do, something has shifted and people can't go back the same, but there's something about Bali that it's even more profound. Um, yeah. And I was grateful. And so for us, it was the pandemic. I mean, I know the whole world experienced it, but literally we were in this cocoon of floating leaf, which is this beautiful property that, that is almost built like a cocoon, right? Like how everything mm-hmm. is in this little space, but you're also very expansive. It's open. Everything's open aired, but you're very well contained and you feel very held and and we did things outside of the property, like going to temples and rice fields, but then when we emerged into Abud the last three days, all of a sudden we're hearing about things shutting down and are you guys going to be able to take your flights home and, you know, get back to the States. And I was staying there for, I think another 10 days or so. And 
But as soon as you all left, it was everything just shut down, shut down, shut down. And the whole world was shutting down. Well, um, I, yeah, I arrived, I flew into JFK on March 11th and then I, wasn't it, was it the third, the 14th? I can't remember, but it was only a couple days later that everything shut down. Yeah. I flew back the 18th or the 19th. Um, I think I, I left the 18th and would I have arrived then? I can't remember, but yeah. And then everything was like ghost town in in that airport when I arrived, but all that to say is we're going to do it again. Not the pandemic, hopefully, but no. we're, going, we're going, going back, back to Bali, Bali. Yes. Yes. And you are going to be a co-facilitator with me. And yes. I'm so, yeah, I mean, we won't go into the whole story, but it wasn't supposed to be me leading this retreat. Then it was turning into me being the leader of this retreat. Then I was like, okay, I need somebody to help me. I was looking at a couple of different people. Then you and I were just on a walk and I was like, oh, hey, <laughs> I think you're the person. <laughs> yeah. And I was like, yeah, let's do this. Yeah. And, you know, I want to kind of speak to that for a moment because, because what I just said, Bali has this very intense energy field. It's loving. It's like a fierce mama. I think of mama Bali as like this fierce mama that does hold you and does protect you and take care of you. But it also is showing you your shadows. And there's a lot there of potential for transformation and growth, but it can be a little unsettling. And when I was thinking about, okay, I'm going to be in Bali. I'm supporting two other retreat leaders. Now it's shifting to me being a leader. And it's important for me, one, as a retreat leader to have somebody that I know and trust so that we can provide a really safe, beautiful container for our group. And what you do with your clients and, you know, within our friendship too, it's a very safe container that you provide people. And now using this tool that is an ancient, uh, there's ancient wisdom there that you're helping people understand completely, you know, holistically themselves, as well as this modality of movement 109 that takes people deeper into the experience of movement and their vibration. It's more of an energetic level. Um, I felt this, this feels really right. And, and to talk about the theme of, of love and I, I'll talk a little bit more about that theme and why I came to it, but yeah. Do you want to speak to anything around that up this opportunity we're going to share together? Well, yes. I mean, I actually want to hear you talk about the, how you came to love and then I'll, and then I'll jump in. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, when I think about Bali and I kind of look at whenever I sit with a retreat, I always think about, okay, where would I potentially be in whenever that time is for myself and my group? And usually when I'm setting a retreat up, it might be a year out. It might be six months out. It might be that in this case, it was a little bit quicker. Um, where do I think the group that I want to call in will be at that time and space? And what am I, and it's usually a reflection of where am I now so that I'm going through something that I can potentially bring wisdom into it. So just as an example, when I first the first one in Bali was embrace ritual, because I knew similar to you, I had embrace this very spiritual practice of yoga and other and other teachings along the way but i had kind of departed from it and i was a little tiny bit burnout and i wanted to embrace a new ritual or or embrace the rituals that i had fallen in love with and i wanted to share that the beautiful beautiful rituals that balinese really do every single day in honor of of the many different gods there that are being represented. So that was my intention for that first one. And so for this one, I was sitting, I was like, okay, what am I calling in right now? What are, What's the inner work that I'm doing that I could potentially, hopefully have some sort of wisdom in six months from now when we have the group in April, 2024. And I had been in a, a relationship. I fell in love quickly but I also saw very quickly within that relationship, oh, this isn't an alignment for me because I had changed so much and I had done a lot of inner work. So yes, this person was beautiful and it could potentially be a partner for me 
you know, for years ago when I was a completely different person, but I was like, oh, but I'm not that person anymore. And so what does that mean? Instead of like, kind of like what to mirror back your story of your place, right? You have this idea of California. I had this idea of a relationship and I've changed. And so what, what is it that I'm calling in and, and how am I as a person being able to feel I can receive that, like feel that I'm worthy of receiving that. And so it brought me back to this idea of what I used to have an image of as a partner, as my person. And, but there was some childhood trauma that kind of clouded that and told me in various ways that I wasn't worthy of it. And also just, or to make some, you know, there was a lot of codependency in my, in my childhood too, that I talk, it took in my marriage and was like, okay, I don't, I want to clear that off. I want to clean that off. I've done so much in our work. I can't settle for a relationship like that anymore. And I saw little glimpses of it still. And I was like, nope, I'm just going to say no. And I called in somebody who's really special in my life right now. And, you know, it's still evolving, but I know right now I can bring what I'm experiencing right now into that retreat in Bali of taking care of yourself, right? Using these kind of practices that you have taught me, like Abhyanga, which I'll share in a moment. And the, this, you know, the movement that I offer movement 109 really helps me tap into the sacredness of my body and knowing that that's how I want my body be to be touched and to be received by somebody else and not have it be, you know, how it used to be. So those were some little, I mean, there's a lot more depth to it and I'll, I'm sure you and I will keep talking about what that means for each other and how we'll hold that space. But that's what I, I wanted to do is to provide that container for people to know it's not the self-love, you know, there's a lot of those retreats, but it's like really on the depth of that, on a cellular level, what it is that your body and your spirit are yearning for um, and to call in, it could be a person, it could be a community, like you said, it could be just connection to a divine source. We don't have to make it about a partner or another person, because that makes it feel like you're not complete, but really like to enhance who you already are and to really celebrate the love that you have and what you bring to this world. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, yeah, I absolutely love that whole kind of premise and and concept, which is why, uh, I wanted you to kind of like talk about that first before we're, before I introduce this, but, you know, and, and in, in Ayurveda, the way that we, and well, not just in Ayurveda, just, we know this, like the way that we interact with the world, the way that we experience the world is through our senses and those senses can get overused and they can get kind of tired mm. or, you know, different things can or, or dirty, you know, for lack of a better word, um, you know, maybe like a kind of toxic buildup is what I'm talking about with dirty, but, um, you know, how do we purify those senses so that we can better experience our environment and then also better experience ourselves. And so we'll look at different methods of purification of the senses. And one of those senses is the touch through, through the skin, you know, our, our skin is the largest organ of our body. And there is a Dinacharya practice or a daily routine practice that is called Abhyanga. And everyone doesn't have to do this every day, but it is something that's kind of, you know, recommended. And once you start to do it, it you, you really want to do it every day, but um, it involves using oil and oiling one's entire body before a shower. And the interesting thing about it is that in Sanskrit, the word for oil is snehana and the word for love is snehana. Mm -hmm. And so it has the same, it's the same word. It's the same thing. You know, we're giving ourselves love when we're massaging this oil onto our skin and we're nourishing our tissues and we're moisturizing in a very deep level. And it also just gives us a chance to, to, you know, just to 
to place our own hand on our body and to massage and to kind of soothe. There's a, a kind of self-soothing that happens through that. Mm-hmm. And it it does really help to reconnect us with ourselves and to provide love, to provide love for ourselves. Mm. I have become a, an Avianga addict. Me too. I, I'm pretty much every day, pretty much yeah. every day. Today. I'm trying, I'm trying to be more consistent right now. Like I've been moving, you know, I've been moving around a lot. So my ritual has been a little thrown off, but I'm, I've been recommitting to it because it, it is your body does. I felt that the other day I thought, oh, why am I so icky today? I did my movement practice and I realized, oh, I know what I missed. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. It's like, it's, it's like, there. yeah. Lubricates all the, t- all the tendons and the ligaments. And like, we don't think about it that way. Yeah. We think about, you know, if we put on moisturizer, oh, we're just moisturizing our skin. When we use oil, we're like deeply penetrating into mm-hmm. the skin. And over time it can get into those deeper tissues. Yeah. So that's why you're experiencing that. Mm, thank you for that. Thank yeah. you, my Ayurvedic practitioner. I bow to you. But I bow to you. <laughs> oh my goodness. Okay. We have so many, I mean, we have so much to share and we, I feel like we've covered a lot of ground today, but it, is there yes. anything that you feel like we haven't explored yet that you want to explore before we wrap up? Uh, you know, just that I am so beyond thrilled and so excited to be doing this retreat with you. Phoebe to be co-facilitating. I'm so excited about what we're going to be putting together to offer. And um, I'm excited about whoever, you know, who, who decides to join with us on this journey and, and, um, and kind of all come together Mm. in this way. I'm, I'm extremely excited that you're my, you're my, my right-hand man, woman, Yes, it, it's going to be quite magical. But was it serendipitously? Serendipitous and borderline magical. And I mean, if anybody's listening that to this. That needs to be a name for a retreat in the future, Phoebe. Maybe we need to rename <laughs> it because it sounds like every time we're in each other's orbit, it's serendipitous, borderline magical, borderline magical. right? Yeah. With your, the peace, the, the peace meditation event that you've connected with me, then Bali. And now we're going to go back to Bali. So anybody who we're calling in right now, who wants a serendipitous borderline magical event, who's looking to receive more love, right? Whether it's for yourself, yes. for your community, your loved one that you're calling in, uh, I think this is your invitation. <laughs> Definitely your invitation. Because when Karen and Phoebe are together, magic happens. <laughs> That's right. Serendipitous, borderline magical. I love it. Um, and so where can people connect with you? Because you're based in Beacon. You, I know you have a clients in Beacon, but you also work remotely, it sounds like. So if anyone's listening and maybe they're new to this idea of Ayurveda and they want to learn more or they're, they've been looking and seeking an Ayurvedic practitioner, uh, how can people connect with you? Yeah. Um, so I have founded my own company called Sattvic Fern. Mm-hmm. Um, Sattva is a quality of mind, which is kind of like a, so it's a peaceful quality of mind, like when we're out in nature. Um, and so I wanted to kind of invoke that quality of nature in the, in the name of the company. Um, and so you can find me at sattvicfern.com. That's S-A-T-T-V-I-C-F-E-R-N.com or at sattvicfern on Instagram. Or I also have a Facebook page, but I don't know how, I'm, I'm not sure if it's at, at sattvicfern there, but you can search for sattvicfern as a business on Facebook. Awesome. And we'll put, we'll yeah. put all those links in the show notes too. So people can find you directly and they can find you in Bali, April 14th through the 20th, 2024 yes. with me. So we'll also have a link there. And by the time this is released, we'll still have a special happening 
uh, through, I think the end of December, I can't remember, don't quote me, look at the show notes because then I'll know and I'll put it there, (laughs) (laughs) but we'll have a special there. And oh my goodness, Karen, thank you so much for being here. Thank you so much for having me. It's been a long time coming, but it's also divinely planned. So it's perfect. It is. And congratulations. You have succeeded in being in your first podcast interview and I I get to be your host. I'm honored. (laughs) Thank you so much. I really hope you enjoyed our time with Karen. And if you really enjoyed your time with Karen, I encourage you to go check out her links to maybe connect with her and possibly work with her and our link for your Love Awaits retreat in Bali, April 2024. Uh, As you can see, I'm really excited about this retreat. I'm really, really looking forward to sharing the tools, the practices, the rituals that, that helped me get into a place of receiving more love. And I want to help help you if you're out there wanting to love yourself more wanting to receive more love from the your person you're calling in or maybe deepen that experience with the person that you have or just receive more love in the community that you're in or call in that community that's really going to see you and accept you for who you are this is a retreat for you my dear friend so you can follow the link in the show notes it's the nomadcollective.org backslash upcoming dash retreats to see not only this retreat if you're not able to make us join us in Bali we have a few other retreats in Mexico uh, earlier in the winter of 2024 and we have so many more retreats that are coming out throughout the year so that's all I have for you today have a beautiful beautiful day and I look forward to connecting with you again soon